Hello, and welcome back to our slideshow, WHP, Women's Health Promotion, your reliable health information sources to promote your health and well-being. This is a program of Women Health First, Georgia-based nonprofit organization. Uh, and then we're here today again to come with a very more important topic. <laughs> And I'm no other person than your sister, Nahila Ayeva, and uh, with my uh, colleague, uh, Ms. Anderson, our executive board, we're gonna start this presentation. Ms. Anderson, introduce Hello. yourself and welcome. Hello, my name is Dawn Anderson, and um, I'm a former professor of biological sciences at the University of South Carolina and at Columbia College. In Columbia, South Carolina. I'm a health information specialist and I am a public speaker on Islamic monotheism. I'm also on the board of directors of Women's Health First, as Mahila said. Uh, today, we're gonna to talk about the Islamic guidelines for COVID-19. Uh, it's a special health education program that I think will benefit us all in the midst of this pandemic. So let's, let's do a little bit of overview about COVID-19. Uh, it was basically identified in December, 2019, and the virus caused severe acute respiratory syndrome, which basically means that for those who already had respiratory problems, it will cause more problems for them. And for some people who didn't have any respiratory problems, it will cause respiratory illness in individuals easily and that it was highly contagious and it would spread rapidly from one individual to the next. So what would happen is that these droplets are released when someone sneezes, when someone coughs, or when someone even talks. So when they speak and you're within a certain range, you can catch COVID-19. So what will happen is that the infectious droplets can land in the mouth or the nose of people who are nearby, and then it will be inhaled into the lungs. So people can easily become infected with COVID-19 from touching hands and then, you know, touching an open surface in your face, for example, rubbing your eyes or rubbing your nose or touching objects or surfaces with the droplets because it would take time for the virus to actually uh, die, if you will, on a surface. So if you were to touch that surface and then touch an opening on your face, whether it be your eyes, your nose, your mouth, you can easily become infected. And this was according to the CDC. Next slide, please. So some of the symptoms, and there are a number of different symptoms that have been reported. So these are just some of the symptoms that one can get when you have the illness. And that is you can get fever or chills, you can cough, you can have a shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, you can be tired, you can have a headache, nasal congestion or runny nose, your muscle or your body aches, sore throat, loss of smell or taste, your back could be hurting, nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, but then, you know, sometimes people haven't experienced any symptoms at all, and they are highly contagious as well, spreading from one person to the next, but not displaying any symptoms themselves, or maybe not even knowing that they are carriers of the virus. So how do we prevent, how do we prevent catching the coronavirus? And there are a number of ways. There are several ways to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 infection. Some of the things that we all know, for example, wearing a mask to protect yourself or others. Um, stay at least six feet from others who don't live with you. Clean your hands often, whether with soap and water for 20 seconds, washing past the wrist, and then using hand sanitizer that contains at least 60% alcohol. 
when you cough or when you sneeze, please sneeze inside of your elbow, not into your hands, but inside of your elbow. Because a lot of times people cough into their hands and then they touch things after they cough into their hands, whether they ball their fist up or they cough, you know, with their hands covering their mouths. Make sure that the surfaces that you have, whether they be doorknobs, light switches, counter surfaces, things that are normally and frequently touched inside your house are cleaned daily. CDC recommends the COVID-19 vaccination. The vaccination will help get us closer to eradicating the disease. So safety of COVID-19 vaccine. So according to the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration and the CDC, which is the Center of Disease Control, COVID-19 vaccines are very safe and they are proven to be effective. These vaccines have undergone and will continue to undergo the most extensive safety monitoring in US history. So this is a vaccine that has over 369 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines and have been given in the United States from December 14th, 2020 through August 30th, 2021. So if you are fully vaccinated, you can resume activities that we could not do prior to the pandemic. There has been no other vaccination in the history of mankind that has been researched, monitored, and distributed in the numbers that we see today. So now with no further ado, I would like to turn it over to Nahila Ayeva, the founder of Women Health First. Thank you so very much, Ms. Anderson, for this uh, wonderful uh, review of her amazing, amazing uh, uh, presentation to review all these things that we have been going through with uh, uh, COVID-19. And thank you for those facts, statistics you share with us. Thank you. Now. Before we can move on to um, the guidelines of uh, Islamic guidelines for public health in terms of preventing uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, it's important that we pause to understand exactly what is Islam. Well, what is Islam? Islam is a religion. And one word we say is a uh, um, submission to your creator is uh, one of the motif, um, uh, through monotheism, because those Islam is only believing only in God, the creator. That's what the Muslim believe, that there is no other deity of worship except one God. Yeah. So um, then... Islam have a five uh, pillar that they believe on. It's born on uh, Shahada in Islamic, I mean Arabic, which is uh, they believe that there is no God but Allah. And then also believe that the prophet of Allah, Muhammad, peace be upon him, is the last and final messenger. And he's a messenger of God. Now, so Muslim also pray, uh, pray five times a day and also perform supplication. The third thing they do is uh, they provide charity and it has to be 2.5% of their wealth each year. They also fast and fast during the month of Ramadan and then perform the Aj, which is a pregnant in Makkah. Now, so now we would like to view some of the guideline when it comes to COVID-19 prevention, what is those guidelines? What is the Islamic value and approach to, to the COVID-19? Number one is that Islamic want people to have what they call validation control. Number two, do not cause harm and don't get armed. 
Number three, usage of medicine and dealing with the outbreak during this outbreak is, is also is something that they value. Number four, Islam value preservation of life. Humanity is very important. And number five, Islamic emphasize on cleanliness. And we're gonna go through each of them. So number one, validation control, verification. It's very simple. I know some of you are Muslim, or if I can see majority of you joining based on your names are Muslim. So you can refer this to your books. And uh, he says, oh, believer, if an unrighteous person come to you with information, you should verify it, or unless you may be inflicted harm on people in ignorance and then end up regretting what you have done. To summarize this uh, uh, verse of the Quran, and this is coming from the verse 49, also called in Arabic Surat Ujurat, and the verse uh, six um, of the chapter, chapter 49 of the Quran and the verse number six. It means that, what is this so important? Saying that whenever somebody conveys something to you, it's very important to verify, you know, to be able to know the sources of information in order for you to decide if this is good. In regard to COVID-19, we find so many, many misinformation, especially the social media. And we don't know what else to trust or not to trust, who to trust and who not to trust. So it is a responsibility of a Muslim to sit down and back up and say, hey, before you can even share that information with somebody, because you may comment on, it's important to pause on it, to share and know the validity of the information, the source of the information, you know, is it a reliable source in order for you to um, see if this information is right or wrong. For example, COVID-19, I'll give you a hint. And this is also for people who join in who are professional also, but they have not been working for COVID-19. They may also make this mistake. So COVID-19, if you have to write COVID-19, I don't know if you can see on my uh, the slideshow, is a capital C, small e, O, small V, lowercase V, lowercase I, lowercase D, dash 19. That's not correct. That's not how to write COVID-19 or how to spell COVID-19. That's not right. So just a hint. If you see anybody that send you information and then COVID-19 is rolling the way I spell it, for those who are viewing, if you can see, you know that the information is wrong right there. So it's not coming from the expert. It's not coming from those people working on those data. You may be a public health, you may be a medical doctor, you may be a, anybody, but if you're not working closer with the vaccine and you don't know what they're doing, you know, and perhaps in other virology, you know that you're missing some information. So you cannot, you're not even on, on the front page to talk to people because you've been working on malaria project, you have not been, you know, so when it comes to talking about COVID-19, then it's not appropriate either. So I'm talking about ourselves and our some of our team who are now working directly with those um, this pandemic. So it's very important. That being saying, COVID-19 is spelled C, capital C, capital O, capital V, capital I, capital D, space one nine. So just ink. It's very important to really point on those. If you don't see that, you know that it's not coming. And a lot of media write it the way this way. Media are not scientists. We saw it. Another guideline for Islam is that do not cause harm, like we said earlier, and don't get armed. It's very important. Muslims must avoid arming others if they are affected with a disease 
that has a likely of a harming other person or people. A Muslim must be careful not to get armed also and must protect themselves appropriately. For those who are Muslim, Prophet of Allah, he said, do not cause harm and do not get armed. And this is now one of Adit of reported by Malik, Imam Malik. All right. Usage of a medicine and dealing with outbreak. What is Islamic approach to that? It is important to clarify some of the misconceptions that have been arising among Muslims regarding the usage of a medicine and dealing with the outbreak or any other diseases. And the concern here is very simple. Muslim are, do not drink alcohol, do not eat pork and do not kill. So information really talking about um, pork being utilized in the vaccine and you know, uh, human fetus has been utilized, you know that it will scare Muslim, right? So absolutely. So we have to respect those, that those information has been circulated and we can see what they are really uh, about. So in Islam, it is a fine to use medicine and is encouraged and uh, this is, does not violate the concept of uh, trusting Allah. But therefore, usage of vaccine is a permissible. You know, it's a very permissible to control any outbreak, not just COVID-19, but other infectious diseases, you know, such as uh, influenza that has been there and many other you know, contagious diseases that we see, human papilloma virus and all the virus that has been there as well as bacterial infections. Now, and again, this does not negate or violate any um, trust or mistrust in your creator. So far in the US, there has a authorized um, three vaccine uh, that is permissible. They are Pfizer BioNTech, Moderna, and Jackson. Jensen is a vaccine for Johnson Johnson. And all of those are permissible for a Muslim population. So for that, everyone at age 12 and older are eligible to receive a free vaccine, you know? And uh, if a person is interested to receive those vaccines, they can search vaccine.gov or test the zip code 438829, call 800 number 2320233 to find out the location of COVID-19 vaccination spot. Well, we can pause here and just ask what is vaccine, just for revision. Vaccine is a general teach our immune system how to recognize and fight the disease or anything that causes sickness. This vaccine is a medical tool that is used to prevent occurrences or severity of the disease. We'll pause here a little bit. We will talk a little bit more in deep on the facts about the COVID-19 vaccine. The COVID-19 vaccine is a, a new technology utilized to make this vaccine and have been caused a lot of concern. Yeah, but we have to ensure ourselves as a Muslim and all humanity that they cannot give us someone the COVID-19 because they do not have the lab vaccine, you know. And those who even utilize the live vaccine, live, live, live uh, viral or, or half or, or dead virus to, to do other vaccine, traditional vaccine, not have a slim chance even to give the disease. But in this case where we're seeing with the COVID-19 vaccine using a mRNA um, um, new technology does not really give anything. MR vaccine do not like I said, do not contain the live virus. Therefore, they did not cause uterus to get COVID-19. 
And of course, they do not interact with your DNA, which is uh, the way where the, your cell membrane is uh, the nucleus of your cell that contain the DNA. They don't, they don't, they're not there. They don't touch that. They don't even touch your nucleus membrane. Therefore, it does not mess up with your, your, your genetic, genetic makeup. Like we heard in a social media that uh, the chips can cause you a problem and they try to clone you, stuff like that. So that is not a true statement. And those things need to be validated in order for us to propagate them in other social media. That's what Muslims should do. Verify those information before you can even send them out. Of course, the vaccine, as many other medications have a side effect. Some of them can be, uh, so in this particular vaccine, we see that you have uh, swelling and redness, pain, fever, headache, you know, and sometimes vomiting and chill, stuff like that. And there are a lot of uh, GI associated symptoms such as vomiting diarrhea, right? And sometimes also it can be severe reaction to the, the, the vaccine. Some people cannot just take it at all, whether it's a COVID-19 or other vaccine, they may not be you know, eligible to take the vaccine based on their underlying medical conditions. So it's very important, again, Muslim, to verify all this with your medical provider. If the vaccine is safe for you, that's only time that you can consider taking it. At this time, no one is making it mandates in here. People are threatening, but uh, still a choice for at this moment. Another thing that Islamic uh, Islam really value in terms of preventive measures or another guideline, as that we can say, is that um, preservation of life is very crucial, right? That uh, we save life, Muslims save life. The messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, has encouraged the discovery of treatment to prevent fatality, you know, to save life, to prevent death. Therefore, you know, to treat the disease. It's very important that we understand that because the life is very important for a Muslim, yeah, to save. This advice is a perfectly line with underlining of, you know, objective of the Sharia, which is Islamic law to preserve life. Yeah, the five underlying objective of Sharia, which is Islamic jurisdiction, are explained by scholars to be preservation of life, religion, intellectual, wealth, and lineage. For that reason, Muslim will do every single thing to save life, right? If it's for anything, to be alive, to be able to spread the truth, the last revelation, yeah. So therefore, they're not gonna be to do stuff to harm them and they should take care of themselves so that they can save humanity. The last Islamic guideline when it comes to public health practice is uh, cleanliness. Islam, I'm not sure of if any other religion can emphasize more in cleanliness than anything that, that Islam. We can see people working at a healthcare setting know that it's a benefit for them on top of washing their hands and everything. They also go and pray and they purify themselves before. You know, Islam emphasizes on the cleanliness in general. And this is a beyond purification that they do when they want to pray. It's a study conducted in New York, it's published in a Journal of Medicine. And uh, back in 2009, talk about, you know, incidence of STDs among Muslim women, and they found zero. It was amazing. Zero in the population they that is simple. It's very simple because Muslim, they purify themselves and clean themselves after intercourse, after using toilet. Not only the tissue is sufficient, but also with the water. And I know people who even, once they use bathroom, 
just go and take a shower. That's what they do. Once they use the bathroom, they take a shower. That's how Muslim is. Oh, so Muslim really value the cleanliness. So public tactics such as hand washing align perfectly with Islamic principle. You know, Islamic guidelines, as well as public health guidelines. In here, I've seen that they align exactly with Islamic principles. Yeah. We can see a correlation with those two. Yeah. Therefore, hand washing is not a new to Islam. It's not a, something new to Muslim. So we encourage them to continue doing that. Yeah, and also taking care of themselves, you know, cover when they when they sneeze, like uh, Sister Anderson shared with us earlier, you know, and do all the recommendation that has been giving them, you know, commanding them to do during this pandemic. You know, especially when your local state department order you, or depending on the incidence and prevalence of uh, the disease among some community, some communities exigent that uh, mandate still the way of a facial, uh, facial mask, whether you vaccinate or not. So please go by those rules. As a Muslim, we should really obey those rules and be able to really, really point on them. Yeah. Hand washings, social distancing, continue wearing facial masks and talking to the provider your healthcare provider to explore the possibility of you getting the vaccine is also a, being a good Muslim. So sisters and my audience and brothers, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. And at this time, we would like to um, call and Ms. Anderson and I are willing to receive any of your questions recommendations and feedback that you may have for this presentation. Ms. Anderson? Thank you, Sister Nayla, for that amazing presentation. And thank you for bringing this COVID-19 discussion to the forefront. It's very important because so many of us are discussing, you know, what are we gonna do for ourselves and our families, you know, amidst this uh, pandemic and bringing the information to light and, uh, and providing a space where we can talk about it and to you know, really um, put forth you know, maybe our concerns or um, put forth the support that is needed to make a very viable decision and, and, and a decision that can actually really preserve life in this conversation. So thank you for bringing this. Uh, to the population. Now, are there anyone who have any questions? Is there anyone who has any questions uh, for Sister Nahilo or myself with regards to the COVID-19 vaccinations or the coronavirus in and of itself or any questions that you may have, you may unmute your mic or you may type into the chat. Just share with us your thoughts. In most cases, most of us have an opinion one way or another with regards uh, taking the vaccine. If you would like to discuss the vaccine, um, please unmute your mic or raise your hand and let's have a discussion. Sister Nahila, would you like to make any comments? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Don. I appreciate that. Um, the most important thing when it comes to concern and uh, vaccine hesitancy among populations, uh, concerns varied. And yeah, Muslims uh, here, it's not that uh, they don't wanna take vaccine or take the vaccine or something like that. Most concern that they have that, uh, what is inside of the vaccine, you know? Because as you know, the Muslim, they don't eat pork and they don't drink alcohol. And there has been raising some concern about, you know, the, the, the ingredients of the vaccines and the, stuff like that. But one thing we have to understand is that uh, Islam is a religion of uh, pity, religion of peace, religion that really value humanity and have made uh, some excuses in the 
case of a severity, something that is not permissible, are permissible, you know, in uh, Islamic jurisdiction, such as if a Muslim cannot eat pork, but he, the Muslim find himself or herself in a place where there is nothing, there is no food to eat, you know, and to save life, they may be able, it's permissible for them at this time to, to, to consume something that previously was forbidden to save life, you know, and I'm pretty sure the audience, majority of them being here are aware of that. So it's a very, very important that we understand that part. Yeah. That's a very valid point, Nahila. So there are some um, religious organizations that will support the messenger RNA vaccines, which would be, in this case, Moderna, and it would be Pfizer, but may not support the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because of the components that are in the Johnson & Johnson vaccine or the methodology that they use to develop the Johnson & Johnson vaccine versus the mRNA pathways uh, vaccines such as the Moderna and the Pfizer. So that's a good point for Nahila. Within an Islamic context, um, the ingredients, um, even for Johnson & Johnson, many Muslims would say, okay, well, this would be valid for us because this is a life-saving measure. We're not only making decisions on our life, if you will, but the lives of the people that we come into contact with. So the vac even though the, the, the COVID-19 may not hospitalize you or it may not kill you, but a carrier who is maybe strong enough uh, immune-wise can give it to someone else just by having a holding an innocent conversation. And that could be the death of that person or the death of an elderly person within that person's home. So we may, and, 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 and you know, may God forgive us, we, we may have harmed people that we don't know and we may never meet for the simple fact that we may have had conversations with people and you know, within those conversations may have transmitted a deadly disease unknowingly. So it's just very important to have the information and to understand you know, how this particular virus works, how easily um, you know, one person can catch it from another. So it's important for us to have this information because a lot of times we think that we're making just a personal decision of taking a vaccine or not but really we're making the decision not only for us, but for everyone we come into contact with and everyone they come into contact with, whether you know you're a carrier of the virus or not. Nahila? Yes, yes, thank you, uh, Don. This is very interesting because again, you're right. And uh, that's why we're running this kind of program so that uh, we'll be able to really um, let everybody understand the fact first before they can make any decision. At the end of the day, we have to talk to about healthcare providers and see if this vaccine is good for us or not. The COVID-19 vaccine, which is the first vaccine for COVID-19 and um, has been now officially approved by Food and Drug Administration, FDA, is now called Cominati. They did not use any genetic, um, any fetus or any um, human tissue inside of their vaccine. It's totally synthetic. That's exactly what Ms. Anderson was referring earlier when she was mentioning that uh, the variation of making vaccine differs. Yes, these two latest vaccine, you know, the messenger RNA vaccine, both Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech did not use the traditional way of doing vaccine. Therefore, they did not have any larvas, any larva um, virus in their, their makeup. Yeah, is uh, totally okay. Although we may see some hesitancy among some imams who believe 
um, well, some of the scholars of uh, Muslim scholar minority still believe that uh, um, those uh, vaccines are appropriate for, for Muslim. But it's, those are slim and uh, this is a subject to controversial. But again, based on the fact that we receive, that we're reading and we know about those hadith saying that humanity, Islam save humanity. So we don't understand that. How can they leave those uh, stuff that can lead to fatality rates among the population? So we don't think that is a, that's a general representation of a Muslim. So therefore we reject that statement. Yeah, and here again, some of us have not taken a vaccine. I have, I personally have not taken a vaccine. So it's totally normal. You can talk to your healthcare provider whenever you're ready to take your vaccine, you can do that. But at the same time, it will be a moment. That's the reason why this platform is important to seek information. It will be a moment in this US that everybody, <laughs> almost everybody will take the vaccine. If you are going to work or you're gonna be traveling, they, I don't think there is a way to escape. So for those who are, those of us who are still hesitancy, have hesitancy or waiting to analyze more data before you make a decision, whether you are research epidemiologist or biostatistics or you know, public health analyst and you are hesitant, my colleague, the message is out for all of you. If you, as long as you have to go somewhere and work, it will be required that you take those vaccines. Matter of fact, the federal government already made it mandate for all its employees, all employees that work with a human, direct contact with a woman population to take those vaccines. There's no way out. Yes. So either you take the vaccine or you may lose your job or you may not be able to travel, especially those Africans and international uh, um, uh, people that live in US, the uh, US nationality people, uh, they have to travel. So therefore that vaccine is required, yeah. At this point, I would like to call on Dr. Yusuf if she has something to add it to this, any comments and uh, we will be happy. Dr. Yusuf is an epidemiologist, also biostatistics. So if she has something to add to us, it would be great. Dr. Yusuf. Salam alaikum, Sister Nahila. Salam alaikum. Salam. Salam alaikum, everyone. Uh, I would like to just uh, thank you, uh, say a big thank you for the lecture, for the information. Sometimes we think we know these things, but sometimes we don't know everything. That's been very educating, very rewarding. I uh, just like to thank you for, for the initiative. And I Thank you. Thank you. So I learned something new today. <laughs> oh, thank you, Sister Nahila. And I didn't recognize that because I was wondering why people would put COVID, even with a capital C, a small O, small V, small I, small D, when it's supposed to be capitalized. Um, it's an acronym. So then that is one way that you can make a determination of whether the source of the information that you get is reliable or not. So right now we are actually relying on the FDA, the Federal Drug, Drug Administration and the CDC with the Center of Disease Control for authentic information. So worldwide research is you know, constantly being done. This is the most tested and monitored uh, vaccine for this virus done on this planet. And you wanna make sure that you get the most up-to-date and accurate and reliable information. So those are the two sources that Women Health First uh, recommends. Yes, there's a lot of things out there on the media and even with TV and even with radio, um, you have to be very careful, even with professionals because you have to make a determination as to where we're getting the source of information from. And those are the two main sources uh, that we will use at Women's Health First to disseminate and to provide you with information. Nahila? Yes, yes, uh, Don, this is a very interesting, yeah, because we see a lot of uh, those uh, stuff that come in with uh, even the spelling 
and we know that hey, you're not in a board, you're not working on the COVID-19, are you? With our own colleagues, you know, we just say, oh, and then they say, okay, stuff like that. So it's, it's totally normal, not just a regular audience, but also those who work in a AP setting, if they're not working with the COVID, they don't really know about COVID. And fortunately, those are the ones who are also talking in the media. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, we, we recognize them by the way they present in word. But thank you. Right. We would like to, yes, <laughs> go ahead and down. Oh, go ahead, Sister Maya. Yes. I would like to call on uh, Mama G to ask her if she already taken the vaccine, still hesitancy, yes. or. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I was the very first one being called uh, by uh, Tarrant County here in uh, Texas, and um, they, I had my first one in January, mm -hmm. and my second one right after that, I think it was 30 days later, was in February, mm -hmm. and guess what? Uh -huh. I just received a letter the other day in the mail, I think two days ago. Uh -huh. They want me to get ready for the third one. Oh, yes, yes, to take the <laughs> yes, ma'am. Right. My doctor office sent me a letter, but I haven't received anything from the county yet. But I was one of those uh, badge of senior citizen of us, and then um, even my son, he's uh, 35, but he got his turn both of them in March when they started here. And it was very nice setup in the ballpark of Arlington, Texas. The biggest AD&T stadium they built there. And uh, it was very nice setup. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I'm kind of funny that way. I go each and every workers over there, including the people who are giving a shots and including the people who would guide you this line and that line. I went mm -hmm. to them and I said, I salute you, my heroes. You are wonderful. So I thank everybody. <laughs> no, I, that's what I do, you know, trying to be, you know, nice and friendly because some people in some country, people are still waiting and they're not getting their shots yet, you know. So we're lucky. We're lucky. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So, so, so Mama G, huh? well, since you took, two doses, that kind of lets me know that you took the mRNA vaccine, which was either Moderna or Pfizer. And I know Moderna was one of the first ones being approved uh -huh. during yeah. that time. What was the name of the vaccine that you took? Hey, man, if I will be that intelligent, I will be working right next to Biden, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you do have your vaccination card, right? No, all I know it was vaccination. <laughs> what type was it? Actually, mm -hmm. I was very scared, but uh -huh. my son already have registered me, and right. he, I got really panicky. And I said, "No, no, no! I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not a guinea pig." And then he <laughs> he said, "If I have to drag you, I will drag you there." So Alhamdulillah, and you know what? Mm -hmm. You know, Allah is, Allah is so great. The more I'm a scary cat, a little bit. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, Alhamdulillah, I, I had no fever, just a little, uh, you know, like a bump on my left hand side. And mm -hmm. it's like when you take a flu shot and just for a, a few hours, it kind of get a little achy, no right. fever, nothing. And the second time people, you know, some people were like, uh, you know, body aches and all that. Mm -hmm. but the second one, I have a very minor body ache. I didn't even feel it. So Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Allah is taking care of me. And Alhamdulillah, all the uh, Muslim Ummah and everybody else, all the human. So Alhamdulillah, but I don't know the third one. My doctor was telling me, be prepared because the third one is coming. Yes. Uh, I could find out for you what type was that. I don't know. Well, it's okay. I, I, I don't know any chemistry on whether they put in there. I have no idea. Um, but alhamdulillah, you know. That's good. Yeah, because um, I, I was just asking, you know, for the simple fact that I wanted to see if I was going to ask you any more questions. One you already asked answered, and that was how did you feel after you took the shot and you answered oh, that. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. 
Thank you, Mama G. And also, Umzanzam asked uh, Khadij if she also have a different experience uh, of taking a uh, vaccine, if mm -hmm. she's available. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Good job, guys. May Allah reward you guys. Um, I don't know. When I, I took my, my hands was hurt in my arm, the place that they took the shot was hurting and it's still hurting up to today but when i talked to my doctor they say because they gave me both shot at the same place so my hands is still hurting and for the first week i was sick for the first three days i was really sick and i have a friend that got sick for like 10 days she mm -hmm. had missed work so mm -hmm. i think it's, it's it's different with everybody it yeah. is yes it yeah, is that's, that's, but my hands still hurt I mm. can't put my hands all the way to my back up to today after mm. that shot. So how long you need to go? go it's go been ahead. since May. Since May? Yes. Okay. So mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about it. I don't know. Akbar, Allah, May Allah Akbar. make it easy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Those, those, uh, there is a uh, allergy reaction, and some of them are severe, aphylaxis, because some of them can be even fatal. Yeah, it's, and it's not just because of a COVID-19, most of vaccine. We can, and oh, if that yeah. persisted, you talk with your doctor to tell them that I would like to have evaluation by CDC. They can refer you because that's a very important to really uh, tell them what's going on because they're collecting data. And yeah. every single day they collect those data and analyzing them. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So Jazakallah. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> we have another sister who would like to share their experience. Lydia, thank you for coming with your busy schedule. Will you be able to say a word? <laughs> All right. Maybe she's busy. All right. Um, like, if you do vaccine, we, we know like tetanus, you do it every 10 years. Like flu vaccine, we do it every year. But this coronavirus, they didn't tell us how long we have to take it again. So I don't know if somebody have an idea on it. Absolutely. Great question, Lydia. Very, very great question. Because that's exactly the questions that are the researchers working on it right now. That's why at this preliminary stage, they're giving a booster, which is a third dose, for those seniors, including people with the immune depressive diseases, such as the people who are doing already going to chemotherapy for cancer or chronic diabetes or chronic hypertension. So yes, absolutely good question. Um, it's very important you talk to your healthcare provider and see if you needed the booster. But at this point, they now recommended it for everybody as a based on invitation. Like mm -hmm. Mama G said that the uh, Texas uh, Department of Health already sending her invitation, telling her mm -hmm. that she qualified for the third um, third dose. So yes, but it's oh. not a mandate on everybody yet. But we're looking at it. That's a very good question, Lydia. Thank you very much. And we will share when the information become available. We will share. Thank okay. you. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, any other sister would like to make any comment before we break up? We have another one minute. <laughs> Sister Zulifa? Okay. No, I'm Salaam Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam Rahmatullah. Yeah, did you take your vaccine yet? You're from New York. The pandemic yes, is skyrocketing in New York State. What's going on in here? Tell us I a little bit about your state and I what took, you guys I have been doing. Vaccine. Absolutely good. We love all right, so just uh, almost go ahead and, uh, you know, it's okay to just say just almost because today is Islamic approach to public health. So we have uh, uh, both uh, faith and everybody's are more than welcome and to learn and also to share. So those who are not familiar with Islam, as we said earlier, we are a Muslim uh, based organization. No, we're not. We are a public health based organization, but we just happen to be a Muslim. So some of the topic relate to Muslim issue concerned to public health need to be addressed in this platform as well. 
as well as is beneficial for those who are now Muslim or Christians who also serve in a, a, a Muslim population in terms of uh, providing social services as well as clinical services, like a nurse. A lot of nurses always contact us to ask a question about how to deal with their own um, Muslim patients in the hospital. So this also serves as a informational for all of us as well. Now, without further ado, we would like to thank you very, very much for leaving your precious time to join us today again with another episode of uh, uh, public health information section. And uh, we'd like to thank my colleague, uh, Sister Anderson, for being here and uh, doing this presentation together. And we would like to give her the closing argument before we depart. Don Anderson? Yes, thank you, Sister Nahila. I would like to remind everyone uh, who is on this call, this is very important. And I thank Sister Nahila for bringing us into this forum where we can comfortably talk about our experiences with the COVID-19 vaccinations and with, uh, with, uh, this, with regards to this virus. Um, it's very important because we're not only considering our own lives, but the lives that we come into contact with. Uh, right now, um, as far as travel is concerned, you don't necessarily have to take the vaccination. You just have to uh, maybe go to the pharmacist or to your doctor, take a PCR test, and then you're able to travel with the negative uh, PCR test results within 72 hours of your travel. With regards to your job, depending on where you're employed, each employer is following the rules and the guidelines of the CDC, and they're making determinations uh, with their um, uh, with, with the laws that they've put into place for themselves uh, with regards to employment and the vaccination, but rapidly these laws are changing on a regular basis. Uh, with regards to these boosters, uh, we have the mutated forms of the virus. And so um, the boosters are going to help uh, your body uh, reacquaint itself with the COVID-19, new COVID-19 um, forms of the virus and um, help your body uh, develop the, the, um, the immune system, if you will, to fight the new viruses. But then again, thank you for all of you for coming today. Thank you for sharing your personal experiences. Uh, report anything that you um, have experienced if you had taken the vaccination to, to your doctor so that they can uh, record your experiences and uh, that will also help the population as a whole. Thank you for your time.